Hi, everyone. Welcome to the timingresearch.com crowd forecast news for the November 6, 2023 episode. Uh, this was recorded over the weekend, and this is episode number 407. So my name is David Cosmeter. I'm the creator of timingresearch.com. And right now you should be seeing the screen of the option professor of optionprofessor.com. And he is here for another Market Outlook episode. Okay, thank you very much, David, and welcome everybody here. Um, last week we had a tremendous big up move, uh, engineered uh, pretty much by decent earnings, but mostly by the Fed and the jobs report, and the fact that every Tom, Dick, and Harry was short the market going into these things. And obviously, positioning is a big part of life because when everybody wants to get out of their short positions and all the sideline money wants to pour in, and the only uh, liquidity is a market maker on the other side because there are no sellers, uh, you know they're going to raise the price very, very high, very, very fast and take all that volume in. And then we'll have to see after everyone's been filled this week at all these big, big high prices. Let's see what happens next week, which I'll get to in a minute. Uh, quick uh, introduction, I'm uh, Jim, the option professor. I've been doing this for decades. I um, uh, have some indicators here that I'm gonna show you. I have been offering these indicators and a online explanation to people uh, where they pay $0 up front and only after we have our discussion and you see the indicators and how they can work, then you're asked to pay a very small fee much different than what you've been used to, which is high fees, upfront, not good information, maybe lose your money and the fee, and that's not a good deal. So this one is you get the information and the value upfront, and then you determine if it's good value. If you determine it's good value, you pay as a one-time uh, only uh, small fee, okay? So I'll get into that at the end of the broadcast. Let me uh, you know, go into this stuff here. Like I tell you, I have uh, plenty of experience and I've done seminars all around the world. Um, I'm pretty familiar with how this stuff works, and you'll see uh, how it is. Uh, S&P, uh, we're going to start out with that just to give you the general indexes. We're going to go with NASDAQ. We're going to go with uh, uh, the uh, Qs, of course, and then we'll go with the um, Russell. Okay, uh, what I was telling people is very simple. This is when uh, we're up here um, uh, back in July. That was extended, and the RSI was up at 60. Both of those things are basically telling us that we are a little bit near a high point and very susceptible to a reversion to the mean. That means you're up at 4,800 and the mean is down at 3,800. Come back down, 4,600, the mean's at 41. Where was the mean? Let's go check it out. Where was the mean? The mean was at 41.97. Wow, November's low is 41.91. October, the mean was uh 41.97 and the low is 41.22 excuse me 41.50 and the low there was let's see here for october yeah we went a little bit lower 41.22 and uh, the mean down there was around 42 41.97 so we went a little bit through it you'll notice on the five-year graph which was even uh, more precise uh, you can't get more precise than that right the low uh for october was uh 42.48 and the 36, uh, uh, excuse me, where are we here? Yeah. The low for October on the 23rd was 41.22. And look where the uh, 120 moving average was, 41.20. So you understand when people were talking to me and they took my meetings, I told them this is a very, very important zone. And if you want to buy against this, that would make a lot of sense. And then, of course, if it breaks underneath, you can always ditch it. But the bottom line, this was an area that could clearly bounce above. And with what? The Fed probably not going to be too hawkish going into the holidays. 
and uh, also uh, the uh, jobs report possibly moderating just a bit, it would be plenty to get short covering. What does that mean? You've gone from 4,600 down here to as low as 4,100 almost. That's a lot of short, a lot of selling, a lot of people shorting, a lot of negative positioning. So if you get any good news and all these people want to get out at the same time, which happened this week in case you didn't figure it out, that uh, the only people left to do on the sell side would be the market makers. You know, the guys who make a market, Citadels, uh, Goldman Sachs, et cetera, et cetera. Well, they're not going to take their checkbook and stand in front of a freight train. You know, they're going to raise the offer price so they can take all this volume in. And then after all this volume has been filled, like this week, we'll have to see if it follows through or if it doesn't. And I'll show you exactly why I don't think it's going to follow through. You see all these moving averages? They're still pointing down. Can you show me a time when they're all pointing down and you went on like an uninterrupted uh, rally? I mean, even the red line's not even up, okay? So the bottom line is, is that uh, my take on this is that next week could be more, more difficult because the spike up has run into some uh, resistance on some of the moving averages. There's one right there. Uh, that comes in at what price? 43.72. That's where we are right now. On the five year, you ran into some resistance up here at red and green, and that comes in at 44.03 and 43.68. So there you go. You've got some resistance that could have, uh, be a little bit of a problem. And again, with these other moving averages not turned up yet, this seems a little bit like too much too soon. We'll have to see, but certainly I would be very concerned about that. Where would you get your first signal that it might be rolling over? Let's go to the monthly graph. And the monthly graph is obviously there's nothing bad about this except that it's extended. So if you look at the RSI over here, you're at 83. And if you look at the RSI up here, you are at 78. That's a divergence. That's indicating you possibly might be running out of buyers. And so it could roll over and return to the mean on a corrective situation. The five-day graph is very short term. That one again, RSI over here is 77, RSI over here is uh, 76, and now we're underneath the red line at 60. So again, if we maintain under 4381 uh, and we start fading down, again, reverting back to the mean on some of these charts would not be totally out of school. Uh, I think anybody who's been around the market for more than five minutes knows that uh, this week's action was quite aggressive to the upside. This is a five-day chart. For God's sake, you started at 41.20 and you ended the week 250 points higher. Does that sound like a lot? I mean, he didn't say he's cutting rates, did he? I don't think so. And the unemployment report didn't show that the unemployment rates in the 4% area or anything like that. And as far as the wages are concerned, aren't they still growing at over 4%? So it's not like Armageddon was announced this week. It just tells me that obviously everyone likes to go around saying the Fed is done, inflation is calm, and we've succeeded, and it's safe to go into the market. There's more money to be made saying that than saying the opposite, which is inflation is not going to uh, stay down to 2%. Uh, the Fed is not done with the interest rates because of people still out there spending. And uh, so the story of uh, go in the market, uh, it sells a lot better than don't. Uh, at any rate, you can't deny the trend. The trend is up and everything looks very good, but we'll have to see what happens next week. I'm giving you some, uh, some points here. Under 4381, the longer you're underneath that, that would indicate possibly rolling over. Uh, this one here, again, a pullback could take you to the red line, which would take you to where? 4350. So it could just be a slight pullback and then continue up because everything does look like it's looking better. But these averages here are still inverted to the downside. That's not deniable. They were all still underneath the purple line. That's not deniable. So again, there is some risk 
to this thing possibly rolling over from here. Or again, on our five-year graph, we've got some resistance up there at the green line at about 44.03. Okay, so keep an eye on it a little bit. And, uh, you know, again, you can't, uh, again, the time to buy obviously is against the purple line, right? Then you enjoy the ride. You're starting to come in here. It's a different risk. Isn't it a different risk than 41.20, right? So that's all I'm cautioning against. And uh, if, for those who like to uh, hedge or protect their gains that they might have had this week, this might be a time to start pricing out replacement trades, meaning call, uh, call or call spread versus stock, or a collar where you sell the call by the put, or uh, just uh, basically buying a put or cutting back your position. A lot of different ways to protect your principal if you think that we've had a little bit too far too soon. Okay, uh, let's go to the other indexes because I want to keep going here. Um, let's go to uh, the uh, um, the um, uh, small caps because they had a nice big turn and everyone's been waiting for that for so long. And of course they had a big run up. So again, look at the graph on the five year. Everything is still pointing down. You understand? So getting the party hats out might be premature. It came down towards purple. So if you wanted to buy around 160 and get out under the purple, that wouldn't have been the worst idea in the world, but everything still looks pretty lousy. Uh, uh, looking at the one year, again, you got above the blue and your green and the red, but they're not pointing up. And the purple's still pointing down. You have a gap there. Maybe it'll run it up to fill that gap just under 180. And then maybe it'll come back down and start doing some work. Hard to say, but like I say, I would be, uh, you know, I'd be a little concerned that you're jumping into something where the moving averages are all still pointing straight down. Again, this could have been what? A lot of short covering and a lot of spec buying into a no-seller environment. Market makers go, you all want to come in? You're going to come in at 176. I'm not going to give it away at 164. Not with that kind of volume coming in, right? And then, of course, if the volume dies out, nobody wants to buy 176 or 178 or 180. Then the volume comes in to take profits by selling, and the market maker is the only guy on the sell side. You'll come right back down and start filling gaps in. Okay. Uh, again, on the one month graph, uh, again, looks great, but uh, got gaps there. And uh, the RSI was at 79, and now the RSI is at 76. So we're starting to fade off a little bit. And so we'll have to see what happens there. On the five day, what happened there? You got a high point here, 78. You got a high point over here, 73. A little bit of divergence. You start uh, trading uh, much under 175. And then you might go back and touch this one, fill some of that gap. And uh, maybe even go back to purple, which would fill some of that gap. So we'll have to see what happens. Again, we'll know by Tuesday probably if this thing is going to be able to hold its water or not. Or if, in fact, uh, we uh, basically exhausted quite a bit of the buying here this week. Um, and again, a lot of people love the small caps if this whole thing is turning around. Um, let's start uh, talking about QQQ. That's all your tech, right? I mean, Apple's announcement, you know, didn't seem to be so fabulous. Uh, their sales in a lot of areas are shrinking. And uh, uh, some of the iPad stuff is contracting pretty big. Services is up pretty good. But, uh, you know, at some point there could be antitrust on some of these people. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, there's supposed to be uh, no monopolies and stuff. And, you know, Everybody has to go through the uh, the app store. You have to pay a 30% commission or something like that. I'm not 100% sure, but it sounds like people are complaining about it. Anyway, uh, what you're looking at here is uh, QQQ on a five-day, our size 78, now our size 76. And so we'll have to see if it's going to be able to break under this uh, 367.40. Uh, Long-term basis, again, came down, held all the support, so it's coming back up. And again, it could be a down flag up pole here for all you know. Uh, because people are dying to buy into this market. There's no doubt about it. There's sideline cash. And then, of course, when the yields drop on the bond, that might make them less attractive. 
So uh, we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, there's two camps out there. Supposedly, earnings are going to be up 12% next year. And the comparisons looking forward is supposed to be very easy. So the quarter, the fourth quarter uh, earnings and uh, quarter one and two for next year is supposed to be a piece of cake. So if we don't hit a recession, you know, this thing could take off out of the blue. I don't know how that's going to bring inflation down to 2%, but, uh, you know, it'll go wherever it goes, right? Uh, on the five-year graph, again, uh, you got the red and the green right there meeting up, and that's right around 365. So we're at 367. If we start slipping under 364, I would say that that is not that great. And if you do uh, slip back under the blue and turn that down, which is 348, you know, that would be problematic. So right now, big rally into some ballpark area of resistance. We'll have to see what happens next week. Uh, the thing that really uh, took it was obviously the yields came down. So let's take a look at uh, the 10 year note. And I, you know, I expected this to happen because look at the chart. Um, I'll show you on the one year graph. Well, first of all, on the, on the five year graph, it came right down to the red line, which comes in at 449. Look what the low was, 448. So we'll have to see if the correction might be over there. On the one year, you came down and now you got a gap up there to possibly get filled. It came down and took out everything here. Uh, so, you know, could it continue down? Yeah, it could go all the way down to purple. That's an attractor. And that comes in at 427. So there's another 30 points it could take off if people really start panicking out of the bond market. But uh, again, you know, one, one comment does not make a trend. And uh, one uh, month doesn't make a trend. So we'll have to see if the unemployment still backs off, if the wages still back off. I mean, these guys aren't striking to get lower pay. And don't forget, all those people that are on strike, when they go back to work, the unemployment rate is going to change or the, the report's going to change. Because I'm sure today's action had something to do with people uh, that are boycotting. And then as far as wages are concerned, you know, it sounds like FedEx just got a big bump. Uh, drivers all around the place, now the auto workers. And that can catch like a favor because, you know, people need to get paid more. The cost of living is just a joke out there. You know, they need to get paid more. And these companies are going to have to do it. Uh, just to give you a little hint, though. You know, Ford and GM are nightmares because uh, they have a trifecta hurting them. Uh, first thing is, is nobody wants their existing cars. Second thing is, is nobody wants the electric cars. And the third thing is that uh, they've uh, put billions of dollars into electric and it's a product people aren't uh, latching onto. The final nail on the coffin is everybody who works for them wants a big raise. So you got your, uh, you know, and that's, that's how you go from uh, 43 down to uh, 27. On a five-year basis, that's how you go from 65 down to 27, or 29. Okay, so that's the anatomy of a, a bad deal. Okay, so uh, what else can I show you here? The U.S. dollar. Dollar's going to back off if rates back off. You don't have to be five beta capital to figure that out. I mean, that's what we told everybody. Uh, you know, you can't get above. First of all, you were a little bit away from everything. Uh, look how far away you were on the one year. And the one year, obviously, you rolled over right here. So where's your sell signal? Boom, right there at 106 and change. And you're already at 105. Coming down to purple. That was, the, that was your trade right there. Uh, and as far as the 20-year basis is concerned, like I say, if it gets under green and red, which is 103 and change, 103 and a half, ballpark, it opens the door to 100, opens the door to 95. If they think they're going to bring the rates down, uh, if the yields are going to back off to four and a quarter or something like that, and they're going to announce a budget deficit and refinancing of trillions and trillions. You know, people aren't going to like the dollar index very well. Uh, and it's had a big run. So it is going to now the blue line still pointing up, which is a good thing. But uh, again, when the rates drop, uh, this, you know, this thing is built on yield advantage. That's what it's built on. And when the yield advantage goes out the board, so does the dollar. Okay, so we're talking dollar. Let's talk about gold. 
Yeah, we save people a lot of uh, headache with the goal. Uh, when you look at the 20 year graph, um, the first high in 2020, our size at 83. Next uh, high is 60. Next high is 60. When you can't get above 60, sometimes that is the high of the move. Clearly, it was the high the last two times up. Now, what do you got? You've got a high point here coming in, and the RSI is right at 58. So here's the deal on gold. Clears the bill. First of all, we were bullish when it came down to the support. So if you're going to be a buyer, you buy it at 1830, not at 1991. Okay. But anyway, the red line's pointing straight up, which is fantastic if you're bullish. And if we take out those highs, and if this RSI jumps into the 60s going towards 70, you might be taking gold out of there at 2200 to 2500. People are going to be a little surprised, but not us. So the bottom line is, is gold is on the ledge. Uh, the RSI is coming into the 60 area. That sometimes means a top. And you're also very close to the former highs. So if you blow out the former highs and you get this RSI going towards 70, that's the acceleration phase. And that's where you'd blow out 2100, 2200, 2300, or even more. Uh, you see what happened to Bitcoin, you know. Uh, once uh, they started uh, backing off on the uh, tough talk, I mean, I don't know what Powell's thinking. You know, uh, you're going to go back to easy money. It's going to be nothing but trouble. And you can see uh, even on GBTC, the thing went from 10. We told everybody as soon as it turned up right here, you know, get on board, get on board. And the thing's gone from what, 12 to 27. Nothing wrong with that. Same thing with Ethereum. Told people about that, too. Uh, Ethereum, you know, it's turned up at around, uh, what does it look like? Uh, maybe about 7.95 and, uh, and now the darn thing is trading at 14. You know, this, uh, this is not exactly like Bitcoin because there's some more applic applications to use it for different purposes, but it certainly benefits from the crypto craze. Uh, okay. So we want the dollar, the rates. Now, again, uh, the rates we showed you could uh, either stop here at 4.55 or else it could go down to like four and a quarter. Okay. Other than that, the trend on interest rates is still rising. And everybody wants the Fed to be done, and why wouldn't they? They either sold people bonds that are underwater, they either own bonds that are totally underwater, and they're looking for a life raft, okay? They're getting killed in a market that they're supposed to be in a safe investment called bonds, okay? So obviously, people are desperate for the Fed to be done and rates to go back down. That's not going to happen with 3% unemployment. That's not going to happen with 4% growth in wages. It's not going to happen, you know, with uh, GDP at 2% uh, or better. Okay. It just, it, it's not going to happen. So again, you know, that's why you can't jump into the idea that the rate is done because there's not enough evidence after one week to make that call. Okay. Let's talk about, uh, we talked about crude oil. Okay. Here's crude oil. Now, again, this one has been a mystery to people because why? We had a war and this thing's tanking. You know, it's not a surprise to us, though. Go look at the one-month graph. Where do we get the sell signal? When the thing turned down at 89.50, okay, we got one bump, two bumps, and then right back in the toilet. Then one more bump, and then back in the toilet. Notice everything's underneath the purple line. So after 86, this thing's being controlled by the bears. Okay, it's still being controlled by the bears. You're going to have to get above 83. You're going to have to get these averages above 83, and that's not going to happen overnight. Okay. So the bottom line is, is everyone jumped on the oil train and that train uh, led you nowhere. Um, looking at the 20 year graph here, it is still holding here. So if you're going to be bullish, this is the neighborhood, a uh, 79, 79 ballpark area, 79 bucks. If we can hold 79 bucks, just like when we hold uh, 4,100 on the S&P, you could have a big spike out of here. Okay. So again, you don't want to get bearish at support. Okay. You don't want to get bearish at support. And you don't want to get bullish at resistance.
Okay, so at 4,100 on the S&P, that was huge support to get bearish down there was silly. Here, you're right down again, you can see right here, you're into big support, okay? So not a time to get bearish, time to see if the one month graph might turn around for you. And it's not, it shows anything of that. There is some divergence maybe, I don't know. No, the RSI is holding around 40 though. If you break through 40, it accelerates to the downside. So right now, it's trying to hold this 40 neighborhood. So that's why you got to keep an eye on it because this would be a neighborhood if it was going to be hitting a low that it could be happening there. Uh, one year graph again, right on the purple. So again, I told you, uh, you know, this is the neighborhood and the neighborhood right around 80 bucks, 79 bucks. So monitor it. And if it is going to be any good, this is the neighborhood where it would support. Okay. So um, again, and that's, that's your XLE, your XOP and your OIH and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, what I'd like to do real quick. Let's did I do. I gave you some price in, uh, indexes. I gave it a dollar. Let's go over some sector investing. Okay. And, uh, again, well, you want to look at Apple. Apple's like almost 28 to 30 P ratio. I mean, you know, this company is, uh, doesn't have huge growth anymore, uh, as a net net basis on sales. Um, this thing's hanging in there. If you look at the 20 year, you know, it's hanging on the red. So this, uh, this uh, uh, Apple starts breaking under 169, you know, it could be the beginning of something. If you look at here, the RSI is at 73, and up here, the RSI is 62. It's a big divergence. Is that a big enough divergence that it's going to stop at red, or is it going to go down to green and blue? You know, that's possible. So keep an eye on it. And again, let's look at some sectors here. Uh, let's see what uh, XLE looks like. Okay, uh, again. High point 59, high point 66, high point 61, having a hard time getting through 60. And of course, through 60 is when it goes to the acceleration phase. So if you were to break above 95 and the RSI starts breaking way into the 60s, then you're probably going to go on a big, big run. If not, and it starts breaking under 85 here, you know, be concerned that there could be more pullback. Let's take a look at uh, XLI. I'm looking at the long-term graph so you get a perspective of where you are in history. Okay, you're not at low prices here, you see? Uh, this is a 58 RSI, that's a 61. You see, it's having a hard time getting through 60, which means there's no acceleration phase if you don't. And right now it's holding on for the dear life right here. So again, if you are looking at the, the buy side here and the blue line is still up, uh, you gotta be using 98, uh, 98 as a, as a uh, line in the sand. 98.99 line in the sand for this is the industrial sector. Uh, you want to go over to materials? I'm going to try to go through this fast so you get more information from me. Uh, again, materials are under everything. So unless this uh, XLB uh, gets above, uh, it looks like uh, 81. All the numbers seem to be just around 81. So if it can't get above 81 and it starts giving it up, you know, for all you know, it's going to go down and test the the purple if things got weak. So right now, be very, you know, be very uh, on guard for about 8081 on the XLB. Okay, next one up is going to be the XLF, and that's your financials. You know, financials have been in the toilet. I mean, you own these bank stocks, you know what I'm talking about. Now, is there a turn happening or not? Let's find out. Well, it did try to turn to this uh, month, uh, but you can see it's running into a little bit of problems. Uh, you know when you'd get bullish on it is if it can get above the blue line, which is still rising. That comes in at 34.75. So if we get another buck or so higher, you see a 35 print, that would be very positive for this. If you turn the red back up and the green back up, but you've got to have some consistent closes above 35 bucks. Otherwise, it's going to roll over and give it up again. And that means it could be coming down to 28 where the purple line is. All right, that's your financials, you know, your banks, et cetera, et cetera. Let's look at uh, healthcare. 
All right. Everybody loves healthcare. Let's see what they love about it. Well, uh, healthcare isn't doing much. And you can see the RSI on a 20-year graph has been having a hard time getting above 60. What I tell you, if you can't get above 60, that means you're not going to go into the acceleration phase, which means it's probably the high. So far, so good. Uh, red and green are starting to turn down. That's not the greatest thing in the world. And the blue is rising. So where do you want this thing? You want it to get back above blue, which is 128.75. And then you'd like it to get above uh, the red and the green, which is 131. So it starts doing that, 129, then 131, uh, 132, and then you're back on the bicycle, okay? So keep an eye on that. That's sometimes a defensive sector. Next one that might be defensive is Staples. Staples didn't do very good for a while because everyone's not jumping into growth, right? Let's see if the Staples are a good bargain here. Well, on the 20-year graph, it has a low surrounded by higher lows. That's always a good thing. And then, of course, it's underneath all the averages, which is not a good thing. So the bottom line is, is that... Uh, we have resistance right there at 73, 72. So you got to start trading above 73 for this thing to be on the bicycle. If you're buying down here, you're hoping against hope. That's always a bad idea. Okay. And of course, if you're going to go to 80 or 85 to get on that highway. You've got to go through the red line and the blue and the green. Okay. So why fight City Hall? Go with City Hall. Uh, let's look at utilities. They were in the toilet. I was, I was telling people about public service, New York and New Jersey at like 52 was a fabulous buy. Okay. Cause that's what was against the purple line, right? Now it's had the bounce, but you know, get nothing but clouds above us. And that's a problem. But again, every time it hit the purple, it was a hell of a buy. And that's why I was telling people uh, during the month of October, you could pick up stocks like P and G, just to give you an idea, I'll give you a shot here. And you can see on P and G, uh, particularly on the one-year graph. You see it was right down on the purple on the other one. And can you see once you got above red here, started to point up, that's your signal. Once you got above green, that's more. Once you got above uh, uh, red again, and the averages aren't turning down. So these, these little blips through are just people running stops because the trend didn't change at all. And right now, obviously, it's extended. But, you know, 57 to 64 plus the dividend, it's not a bad deal. All right. Uh, here is uh, what I'm asking you guys to do. Again, I'm Jim, the Option Professor. You can reach me at optionprofessor at gmail.com. O-P-T-I-O-N-P-R-O-F-E-S-S-O-R at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, optionprofessor.com, and submit your contact information. Here's what you need to get. You see all these indicators, okay? I send you the indicators and the uh, to your email, okay, a link. Then me and you have a talk online, like we're talking now. You're looking at the indicators and we're putting in your stocks that you're looking at. And then I explain how, in our opinion, we would have traded them differently than you. In some cases, maybe much, much better. So there's, we go through your stuff, so it's personal to you. Then we go over stuff we are watching, you get that as well. So then we do that for as long as it takes so you understand how to interpret the indicators like we're interpreting them. And you get a chance to look at your stuff and see what you're holding. And you get an idea to hear the philosophy of how relative strength, moving averages, and reversion to the mean all come together. Okay? And we do it all up front. We give that to you. I spend my time with you. I give you the link all up front. And then at the end, if you feel like you've gotten uh, value, we ask you pay one time only a small fee, not monthly, not yearly, one time only small fee. Okay, that is called a fantastic deal. Who's doing the talking? I'm doing the talking. I've been doing it for decades. I've been trading thousands of these options in my career. I've traded millions of dollars of stocks. I know a pretty good amount of this stuff. And so 
um, I feel like I'm in a position where I have some value to what I can offer to you as far as education. Okay. We don't give advice. We're not telling people what to do. We don't give advice, but we do have opinions and we do have indicators we use with our own decision-making and we share it with you. Now, again, you're getting it all up front without any cost out of your pocket. And we're working on the honor system. If you get something that you know is going to be valuable, the one-time fee is very low. So uh, apparently we're trusting you that obviously that you would pay if, but if you don't find value in it, if it's not your cup of tea, you, you pay nothing. And that's really the way it should be on most things, right? So this is a great deal. Again, optionprofessor at gmail.com or optionprofessor.com. Submit your contact information. I will call you up. How are you doing? Let me get the link over. When's a good time for us to talk? And then we go from there. Okay. I'm here to help people and I'm not gouging. And again, I'm giving the, I'm giving the meal up front. And, um, and then I'm obviously thinking the meal will be so good that you will agree to pay. But if you don't like the meal, you don't pay. All right, guys. Uh, good week last week on the upside. I think I showed you that we have to monitor it now because maybe the easy uh, wood has been cut. We'll have to see. Uh, and clearly our signals happened a long time ago, so we wouldn't be just starting to enter at this point anyway. Uh, optionprofessor.com or optionprofessor at Gmail, uh, check me out and uh, let, let's talk and see how I can help you. This is Jim, the Option Professor, wishing you good luck and good trading this week. And again, if any questions you have, I obviously had to speed dial through this thing. If you have questions on anything, you know, just uh, email me and go, hey, Jim, uh, give me a ring. I have a question on a few things. Okay. All right, guys, good luck, and we'll be seeing you down the road. Thanks for listening.